Welcome back to another episode of For Her, an ongoing series from Shoe Palace and Nike, where we're illuminating female leaders in the Black and Latinx community who are actively making change in the world around them. I'm your host, Natalia Perez, and on this episode, we're joined by Denise Jones. Born and raised in LA, Denise Jones has so many slashes to her name, from athlete to content creator to on-air personality to entertainment host. We talk about how sports really molded her career and how you can always make a really great pivot. So here it is, episode eight of For Her with Denise Jones. And be sure to subscribe to For Her wherever you listen to your podcast to get every episode as we roll them out in the months ahead. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. (laughs) Since we said no. <laughs> All right, guys, episode eight for her from Shoe Palace and Nike. And this pillar is sport. So we, throughout uh, for her, we've talked about, you know, what does sport mean to you and how these other avenues that aren't necessarily viewed as like a sport, we kind of still incorporate that into our lives and what that means for us. Uh, but today's a little bit more sport, if you will. Uh, Denise Jones, as we heard, there's... There are too many slashes with your name, many. Denise, <laughs> which <laughs> is wear, a good thing. Yeah, I wear it so proudly. I feel like uh, I was talking uh, off camera right now to a friend, and it's you hear the jack-of-all-trades uh, line often, and you almost feel forced to like pigeonhole yourself into this box that might get a little uncomfortable over the years because you're like, I think I outgrew this box. Um, but there's so much that we do that adds to who we are, and I think as athletes, you are even more experienced with that level of discomfort in in really boxing yourself Mm -hmm. in somewhere. So yeah, I do a lot of things. I'm a sports reporter. I've had some time in radio. I've done a lot of hosting for the revolts of the world. And and I also have a big big part of my brand is marketing. Um, A lot of the relationships that I've had over the years have now uh, transformed into something that's not necessarily about me or for me, but for the greater good of LA and really making sure that I'm putting a footprint in that mark. What's, what's, uh, let's specifically talk about like the sport world and what brought sports into your life. Where does that start? Uh, that, so I grew up with two boys, uh, two brothers, and um, that starts at a really young age because my brothers and I are a year apart or something. So when you have that relationship and that dynamic, you guys are the same age until you're like 15, (laughs) right? So, and you know, my mom and dad did a great, great job at making sure that we were always doing a lot of different things. But that also meant that if I wanted to do ballet, for instance, mm, probably wasn't gonna happen because my brothers weren't gonna wanna do it and I was outnumbered. So I did like Taekwondo, I did basketball, I did soccer, we did swim. So we did all these sports together. And I had teammates for life that I didn't even realize it. They were consistently with me through my wins, through my losses, um, through random ties in your career where you're just (laughs) like, yo, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, But it started at a very young age. And in high school, I think that's really when I started appreciating the community that I had with my teammates, my female teammates, and everything that comes with it. Like when you are a female athlete, you (laughs) experience it all. You experience like growing up with your female body together. You experience like, you know, the cattiness isn't as aggressive. I feel like a lot of people think that, 
you know, women are just like so emotional and all these things. But when you are, for instance, on the court, your female teammates will check you in a way. I shouldn't say your female teammates. Your teammates will check you in a way that is like big sis. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have any sisters. So when I had my teammates to lean on, they filled a void that I didn't even know I had. And so now in my adult years, it's always been something that I pursued. Even if it wasn't necessarily with my career at the time, there was always some recreational sport that I pursued. There was always something that had like some type of team camaraderie. And um, it's interesting because I also realized I was so dependent on the team environment that I needed to remind myself what it is to have like an, ind an independent competition. Mm -hmm. So like when I, I did swim in college as well, and that was my only experience with an individual sport, aside from like the years with my brothers, but the only experience I had with an individual sport. And you don't, I didn't see it then, but it was such a blessing because to know what it is to be in an individual sport, you're, the numbers are added up at the end. And then that's how you know how you performed as a team. Mm -hmm. But it's very dependent on how you perform as, your, as an individual, yeah. how you did on your event. Mm -hmm. And you never want to let your teammates down. You never want to feel like, dang, like had I got four more points, like we would have topped the, the mm -hmm. other school. So you never want to be that guy. And I think there's so much pressure in an individual sport that you don't realize that you low-key kind of need because you need to know what it's like to be dependent mm -hmm. at that scale. You need to know what it's like to, you know, just really focus on you. And in doing so, you're helping the entire squad. Um, so now, fast forward in my life, I'm doing a lot of spin these days. Um, I just auditioned to be a spin instructor and I got it this week. Super late news. Um, but yeah, I, did, I, was, I didn't grow up with spin but I really appreciated everything that came with the individual sport of it. Mm -hmm. um, anything that comes with like, you know, the, the mentalness of an athlete and knowing that, okay, I, I wanna get through this, but I want everybody to come with me. So how do I speak the same language or how do I speak in a way that they're gonna receive it? So yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm still an athlete to this day and, and it's amazing because it's added to every part of my life. Mm -hmm. Speak about one of those moments that it added to your life in the beginning of your career that when you found yourself maybe with your back against the wall or a moment that was tough. Uh, like a moment in sports? Yeah, no, a moment in your career where oh, okay. sports helped you. Oh, for sure. Um, so when I, uh, the first example that comes to mind is I thought I was gonna do radio forever. So I think that's actually how we met, by yeah. the way. Uh, so I thought I was gonna do radio forever. I pursued it for so long so when I graduated high school I got into poli side because I was like right I'm gonna I'm born and raised in Compton I love the the environment that I grew up in and I don't think that Hollywood and entertainment depicted my upbringing the the way that it actually was and so I was like all right bet like I'm gonna go into city politics and I'm gonna just like completely change the system so my first year uh, in college, I realized very quickly that it is a lot to do. Like, <laughs> God bless anybody that does like politics or anything around that because it is, it takes so much of you. So I reached this like 
this time of confusion because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But I grew up listening to Big Boy. I grew up listening to Kool-Aid and Liz Hernandez. And I was like, man, I want it. You guys don't even know these names. They were like <laughs> the bomb back in the day. And this is like pre-social media too. So I only heard these voices and was lucky enough to maybe meet them once or twice. And um, what I didn't know is power at the time was very competitive to get into. The internship program was very competitive. So it took me uh, like three different application processes to finally get it. Finally got it, was an intern, worked my way up the ladder, street team, programming, did some on-air hosting with, uh, for the overnight uh, show. And then I was like, like, what is it? The morning show's next? But then I don't know if I really want to do morning show if it means that I'm going to sacrifice my mornings. Like, sacrifice your nights and your mornings for the rest of your life. That's such a hard commitment to have. And I had to really dig deep and ask myself, like, is this something I really want to do? I've been chasing this for the last six years. Like, is this really something I want to turn my back on? And it kind of reminded me to bring it full circle to that sport analogy, um, to that moment when you realize after you've played with the same team for five, six years, what's next? You can't, you know, you can't go back and relive those years because you're not going to grow. Mm -hmm. the, your teammates are going to leave regardless, so it's never going to be that same team. So what's next? Do I play with another team and, and, and continue doing radio, or do I try to do a different sport? Do I get into soccer? Do I get into, like, do I do something that's a little outside of my comfort zone that's still challenging, that still embodies the character of an athlete? Um, and so that's what I did. That's what I leaned into when I started doing a lot more sports reporting. So instead of actually just being on the field or being on the court, I started being on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. I started working with the fans. I started doing a lot of things that came with the sport that I don't think you really get to see as an athlete because you're so honed in on the game mm -hmm. and not everything that comes with mm -hmm. it. I love that. I feel like um, <clears throat> one of the things I've learned, especially over the past two years, is like giving yourself permission to pivot, mm -hmm. right? Like that's a big one. Yeah. I, and I think you kind of spoke on that. Can you go a little bit more into as we're talking to these young ladies today, like you giving yourself permission to pivot, we're talking about. Yeah. You're going into spin instructing. Like, how do you, where do you find that inspiration to do that? And, and, the, and the willpower, because I know there's a lot of times that yeah. someone might say, like, you're doing what now? Like, <laughs> right? Like, you're, you're over here, now you're over here. Like, how do you kind of combat that or how do you approach that? Um, I think there's a superpower that comes with being unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Because when you really, like, recognize the power that you have with your future, with your story, with your brand, because everyone here is a walking brand. When you realize how much power you actually have with the narrative of how that's told, there's this strength that is like, oh, I've been looking for this. Like, boom, it's turned on. Like, I can do absolutely anything that I want. And if you think otherwise, you just have, you, you're not seeing the vision. You don't have the right glasses on for what I'm like actually seeing is about to unfold. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> you know, energy might be different there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I feel like there's a power that a superpower that comes with being unpredictable. But I think uh, to your question too about pivoting, um, you know, it's interesting because that's that's an analogy that comes from basketball. 
you know, you, you want to pivot as much as you can so that you can create these opportunities for yourself. Um, you want to constantly stay moving. You want to constantly just seek, you know, these levels of, of discomfort, but also like you kind of look a little silly. You got to be okay looking a little silly because some of these moves, especially when you're on the court, some of the, the flyest moves did not always look fly. When they were being rehearsed or when they were being practiced, I'm sorry, um, they were like really stiff. They were like, everyone was trying to find like, how is this going to work for me? Um, so I think when you're, when you recognize that pivoting is only here to create an opportunity, another opportunity for me, you start wanting to pivot more because it's not necessarily about, oh man, but I'm so afraid to like leave this. 2020 taught us like you have to pivot. This didn't work out. Boom. Let's pivot this direction. Let's try this. Okay. That didn't work out. Okay. Let's pivot this way. So your life is a constant act of pivoting. You just have to be okay with leaving things. Because what's what you're gonna carry with you in, into whatever you know that final move is is gonna come from all these pivots. So I don't know. I, I, I think that it's it's something that I embrace dearly. It's something that I feel it, it's a privilege to be able to do it. Because you don't growing up where I grew up, I think my parents did an amazing job at letting us know like you can do it all but they only had so much experience in knowing like, how can I give this to my kid when I didn't have this? So they gave us what they could. And you know, you go to college and you start meeting different classes of classmates and you're like, okay, so you've been able to do this your whole life. <laughs> Just started at 18. Um, so, you know, it's a privilege to be able to move as many times as possible and not uh, lean into like that feeling of doubt or that feeling of failure. Like it's all just a matter of mind. I think um, there was someone that had asked me a couple days ago about the experience that I've had in radio as a female mm -hmm. being an industry that is really dominated by males. And I realized that in my time in radio, it, I felt it, but it wasn't as prevalent as women before me. Right. And I feel like the ladies here in industries that you guys move forward into, you may not feel it the same way that we felt it. Mm -hmm. You might actually, it might be hopefully erased in a sense of like, it doesn't matter what your gender is when it comes to roles. But you, I'm sure you've experienced moments being in sports in an industry mm -hmm. and being a female. Talk about that experience. I mean, it wasn't like a negative experience, but it was a, a unique one in the sense where I didn't really tap into my female power. That was the lesson that I feel like I really learned late in life, and I encourage you to learn it as soon as possible. I wanted to be an equal, and a lot of it came with me competing with my brothers and saying, like, I could do it too. And they gave me, again, they were my first teammates, so they gave me that sense of belonging at a very early age. So I never felt like I didn't belong, mm -hmm. but I absolutely like overdid it with trying to be one of the guys. Um, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that, but it's very important to also recognize when you're doing that, you are completely turning your back on the female side to you and that power. And I came from a very strong woman. Like my mom is you want to talk, I don't know how she did it. There was like three <laughs> babies at home, all the same age. 
that's a lot of diapers. <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility on top of having to work, on top of having to like be present. Um, so my mom, God bless her, like she is a super mom to the T. Um, but for whatever the reason, I just felt like I didn't, I don't know, like I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know what feminine energy was. I didn't mm. know what like that, that feeling of empowerment was until my later years. So to your point, uh, to your question, I think that the, the lesson that I learned being surrounded in a male-dominated industry, in a male-dominated environment, is to really lean into the female energy, to that woman energy. And it's not flirtatious. It's not girly. It's just, it is patient. It is empathetic. It has a lot of empathy to it. It is very, you're paying so much attention to detail. You're not overlooking things. Um, you're gentle. You mm. are, you're colorful, right? You're not dainty. <laughs> um, or you're not only dainty, you're strong. And I don't think for a long time, I didn't connect that with a woman. Mm -hmm. There's so much strength that comes with it. You can juggle. You want to talk about juggling. Women be juggling. <laughs> Okay, so I think that there's so much that comes with it um, on top of, you know, being this boss. You want to make sure that you're leaning into both. Mm -hmm. And I, if there was anything I would change in the past, it's just making sure that I was embracing the, the woman in me. Mm -hmm. A little more. A little more. <laughs> no, I, I love that because it's so true. There's that, that balance, especially as you're navigating unknown territory, mm -hmm. right, in these spaces. So on, on that, we kind of, you touched on how you really celebrate and empower yourself and empower other women. For those that are a bit like, don't know where to start or a little disengaged from sport yeah. or in, in spaces that you've walked into, um, knowing that I think pivoting might be one of your favorite words, mm -hmm. like thoughts on how to get engaged in those areas. Like, I mean, I've been at Nike for a while now. It'll be nine years, crazy, in July. Congrats. Thank you. Well, <laughs> listen, I'll take it. Hey, girl, that's, uh, a lot. that's good. But I, also, I often, um, we come across young ladies or, or women that are somewhat disengaged in how to really approach sport. I never really played sports growing yeah. up. I was always around it. I was always on the sidelines. Like, I was always involved, but... It always was a little intimidating going into sure. this this world and like you played you play everybody's like you know those yeah. types of things so for someone that may not have that experience mm -hmm. how do you say like to approach it in, in, a, in that way um how do you approach sport I think that you have to ask yourself what is it why you're trying to get into this sport like what do you want is it the community part of it is it do you want to, you know, see a different level of strength? Do you want to get witty with your talking? Because it's not just trash talk. You gotta be, <laughs> you gotta be witty with your speak, with your talk. Um, you have to ask yourself, like, you know, why why you want to get in. If it's just to experience it, um, I would say to, I would say to look for the girl in the team, because the girl that's on the team. Let's say you're getting into a co-ed sport. And there's one girl that's playing and you're like, man, like, I kind of want to get in, but there's only one girl and I don't know how she feel because I'm not that good and all these things. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that girl is actually looking for more girls to get 
on the team with her. So if you just actually reach out and be like, yo, like I'm, I'm trying to play, I'm not that good, but I kind of want to get in it, she'd be more than likely uh, open to offering herself and teaching you some things. And it, there's so much, uh, there's so much that comes with uh, shared interests. And I think that women sometimes, like, again, going back to like the whole caddy thing, sometimes maybe we come across as intimidating or, or I don't know, maybe it's just like the face. When you don't wear any makeup, maybe the face just looks a little different. I don't know what it is. But women are so open to teaching, so open to sharing this experience, so open to making sure that they're cheering you on, even if you don't feel like you're performing at your best. Um, so I think that it's that. I would say look for the girl on the team. And if not, like, just d get out of your head. That's all it is. Like, literally get out of your head. If there's no girl on the team and you're like, yo, I'm trying to get on, or if you're playing in an all-girl team, like, I would just say get out of your head. Chances are that it's literally just you getting in the way of you becoming, you know, this role player or you becoming this like top athlete you are the only one that's really telling yourself that you can do it once you recognize that it's just you in the way easy brush it over and you just dive into whatever it is that you're diving into um, i have an organization that was actually inspired by a conversation with a friend similar to this one um, that's called women inspired through sports and women inspired through sports is a collective of women that whether they've played a sport at any point in their life or they're playing a sport right now or maybe they're connected to the sports industry in some way, in some capacity. Um, that also involves gaming, by the way. There's a level of competition that comes with gaming. Um, so it doesn't just have to be a physical sport. Um, but anyway, uh, when a woman has played or been involved in the sports industry at any point in their life, there is an ingredient that they carry for the rest of their life. And there's a level of character that you can't teach anywhere. You can't be taught it, you have to just experience it. It's balancing your wins and losses. It's knowing how to play with a team. It's knowing how to be dependable. It's knowing how to take lead. It's knowing how to be patient. Um, there's so many lessons that are consolidated into this one ingredient that you can apply to any industry. And there's women in this collective that are in medicine, there's women that are in theater, like women that you would never have expected to play a sport or be connected to the industry in this way, um, but still have and, and carry that same ingredient. So Women Inspired Through Sports, um, the acronym is WITS, because I genuinely think that women in sports are witty. Um, and there's a wit to them that, again, you can only have and learn when you've played a sport. Do you have any advice for the young ladies who maybe don't want to want to get into a sport or the world of sport, but not necessarily want to get into their high school basketball team or their high school, a team there, but there's all these other mm -hmm. ways to be involved. What advice would you give to them if they're like, I really want something, but I don't know what or where or what to do with any of it? Absolutely. I would say, so if it's not necessarily for your school that you're trying to play for, try looking for a park league. Try looking for, sometimes your neighbor is already in some kind of a league of sort or, or they play recreationally. Maybe you're not looking to get into any kind of commitment right now. Maybe you're just trying to go on and off the field or the court. Um, so I would say look to your community. There's so many, um, so many things that are at your, at, you know, at, for you. They're for your, they're at your service. So I would say um, definitely look into your community. I would always, I would also say, 
Um, sorry, my words are twisted because I had too much coffee. Um, <laughs> I would also say, look at what, look at a game, whatever game you like, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, I don't care. Look at the game and look at everyone on the sides. Like, is there someone that's doing something that you're like, man, like, I don't want to actually play the sport, but I want to be a part of it. Maybe you have some opportunities for yourself to be an agent. Maybe you have some opportunities to be a coach. Maybe you have some opportunities to be a marketer. Like, you know, D, you've been with Nike for nine years. Mm -hmm. you, you don't need to play a sport. Your role is needed because you offer a different perspective. You offer the perspective of someone that, you know, is is the sport. You know what these athletes want to wear. You know what these what the community wants to see. And so I would say to really be mindful and, and open your eyes to see what other careers or what other opportunities um, are presented that are outside of whatever game that you're watching. Because you could be a sports reporter and it doesn't have to be on ESPN. It could be on the Young Turks. It could be on TikTok. It could be on anywhere. It's not a traditional media anymore. There's so many platforms that are looking for fresh faces, just like yours, that offer like whatever experience you're going through. Your experience right now is absolutely valid. You just have to see that. And once you see that, you some just reach out to whoever it is that you want to reach out to because there's no one that's your age that's actually taking initiative and saying like, this is something I want to do. The worst thing that you can do is get a no. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just say like, all right, well, I want to work for Nike. What I got to do? Maybe don't say it like that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I think that that, first of all, thank you for that. Because there are, you kind of touched on toward the end, a, a lot of different um, means to, to sharing your, your message and mm -hmm. sharing who you are in the world. TikTok, all of these different yeah. things. Um, on that note, um, what would you say are some of the barriers for women's sports? We've seen such a rise in it, um, and obviously it's definitely gotten more notoriety mm -hmm. every single day, I feel like, um, especially through those types of means. Everyone has at our fingertips, yeah. you can look at anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, so on that, what would you say are some of the barriers that we, you still see or we're facing, knowing that there's a lot that have come down? Because, again, everyone has access to everything yeah. in, in, a, in a second. Um, but what do you see kind of the barriers in that space, specifically in women's sports yeah. or, or women working in sports? The barriers. It's crazy because what I see is something that they could already be working on right now, right? So it's just I'm li I have a limited perspective. Um, but the barriers, the barriers, I think. It really just, it, it depends on what sport you're looking at. For instance, could there be more female coaches? Absolutely. Could there be more uh, women owners? Absolutely. I think uh, women do an amazing job in the media side of things, but sometimes, and this is where it gets a little tricky, I don't know if that's just to blind me, the viewer, into thinking like, oh, there is some women representation on there because I'm seeing it on TV. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I say that again, that I have a limited perspective. I don't know what is going on behind the scenes, but as far as like the bigger positions, 
like ownership, like coaching, like refing, like, you know, owners of brands, you know? Uh, I, I would say that. I think that that's still something that we're working on, that we're working on. I would, I would, I would say that's something that's in, in the works. Um, I like to think, because if not, what are we all doing this for? Um, but I, I also think that women of color is something that is, is you're seeing a little more of, but it's still not enough. And you have your sports like foot, American football. You have sports like UFC, where I kind of only see one type of woman. Um, and I love women, and I want to make sure that everyone is embraced. But I would say the priority in women of color is something that is slowly... Because I'm optimistic. That's one thing about me. I'm very optimistic. I like to think that it's something that is we're going to see more of in the future. Maybe we're seeing some of them right now. Um, so I would say that. It, it's not any barrier that is discouraging. Mm -hmm. It's just more so something that we just aren't seeing right now. And that's just it. It's just right now. Tomorrow could be different. Yeah. What is some things that you think looking back at your career now that maybe you could have done earlier to help push you in certain directions that maybe the girls can implement in their own life? Mm. I'd say just try it all. Like that's something I wish I would have, mm. I wish I would have been a little less afraid. And you would have, you know, I, I had this conversation, like December, I always try to reflect on what little Denise would think of would think of this version of me right now. And some years it's like, oh, this is exactly what we've been working towards. And then other years it's like, dang, I didn't see this coming, sis. Like, we doing it. <laughs> um, but I would say that the younger version of me played it so safe, so safe. Like, we got to get this GPA and take these extracurricular activities and you know, get into this college, and then we're gonna do that. Like we, there was a structure, and there's nothing wrong with a structure, but don't make it, don't make the walls so thick that you can't see through them, because you could be missing out on other things that are for you. Um, so I would say something, you know, anything that I thought was silly back in the day. Like I thought, <laughs> this is, little Denise was crazy, but. I thought cooking back then was like, man, I don't got to worry about cooking. Like, I'm going to have a chef. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm going to do things that I didn't grow up having, and I, I'm going to just figure out a way. So I'd say, like, lean into things that you don't think you would ever want to do. Be unpredictable. Be this fearless body. You're not wasting time. You have so much time. You have so much time. So I would say that. Like, that's the only thing I wish I, I would have done back in the day is just try things faster. Jump in the cold water faster because something could come out of it that I would have never expected. And I don't think there's anything wrong with not seeing the vision. Mm -hmm. It's okay to, you know, move as you go. Yeah. Be fearless. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's We're, super hard. Yeah, it, it is. You got to be okay getting a little scrape. Uh -huh. We've seen it though; it heals. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So I think it's really just about making sure that if you fall, everyone in this room right now is has your best interest at heart. 
Like, I want to see you win. Like, if there's something I can do to help you, I am going to do it in a heartbeat or I'm going to put you in the, in the position where somebody can help you because that's really what we all, that's how we all got to where we are. There's so much power in community. I would also say, like, make sure that the friends that you have right now, don't cut ties with them after you've, you know, whatever you stay in the same school or not. Like, don't cut ties so quick because you never know when that relationship is going to come full circle. So there's power in your friends and have fun. Everything that you do, make sure it's not just like for something. Just do it for you, style, sport, whatever. Like, as long as you think this is fun for right now, gaming is a perfect example. I got in so much trouble with my brothers gaming back in the day. But now, my parents wish we would have played together way <laughs> earlier. We've <laughs> been breaking in that Twitch money. <laughs> Denise, what would you say is your biggest inspiration? Like, where do you find inspiration? Multiple um, places, yeah, people, was, things. Like, what, where, where, do you, where do you get inspired? Um, I feel like my mom, for sure. My mom and my grandma, for sure. Um, they did things that I can't even imagine how y'all did it back then. Like, I get a lot of my work and career from you know, social media, from different platforms, different channels. And, you know, I don't know how they did it before when they couldn't just work from home. So I'd say my mom and my grandma figured out a way to be magicians with the, what they had and created something grand. I'd also say, like, the women around me. Like, the women around me and the men around me. Like, I, I'm all the way an advocate for women. But I'm also a big champion of the community that I have around me. I, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for them. I think that there's different conversations that, that I like to have with different individuals where it's just like, oh, man, like I would have never had to have so many mentors. Um, and sometimes it's a conversation with someone that's 10 years younger than me that really mm -hmm. just is like, yo, you know what? You're right. Let me give <laughs> it. Um, so I think that I think that I think look at the people around you. They don't necessarily have to inspire you because inspire you with your career. They can just inspire you as a person. They can just inspire you as an individual. Um, so I'd say that. I'd say the people around me, I've always been, and it, you know, sometimes it's the person that I've known for 10 years. Sometimes it's the person I just met yesterday. Like, there's so much value in giving people the benefit of the doubt, reading energies. That comes with time. I promise you that comes with time. Um, but once you really tap into that and you get to really just see someone for who they are, not for what they have to offer me, you move different. Well, there it is. Episode eight for her with Denise. Thank you so much for sharing yes, everything. Thank you. So inspirational. And that's it. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. <laughs>